Welcome to the Voice of the Spirit podcast. I'm your host, Michael Parnell, pastor of Call to Life Family Worship Center, located at 304 West Jackson Street, Lamar, South Carolina, where it's all about Christ and His kingdom. You are invited to come and worship with us. Our services are held each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. We have other special services at various times throughout the month and the year as well, and you're certainly invited to uh, those special times when we uh, announce them and get the word out on them. The Voice of the Spirit podcast is available on a number of listening platforms such as Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcast, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Spotify, with possibly some others to come. So you can locate our podcast, and we encourage you to listen at any time and uh, spread the word. Uh, It's all about Christ and his kingdom, and we want to be a blessing to you and others in our community and in our world. to take you now to a service that was held on uh, February the 9th uh, is a special mission rally. Uh, It was uh, held that morning and that afternoon for missionaries Jeff and Kim uh, Oder. They're missionaries to uh, Latin America. And uh, my, what a great testimony they have and and some great information that they shared with us. And and, uh, so we want to to share a part of that with you uh, on this episode and uh, perhaps the rest of it on the next episode. But uh, give a very attentive listening now to uh, Brother and Sister Oder as they come. In order for him to do that. So anyway, we're teaching Sunday school and my wife is a nurse. I've worked in construction and farmed my whole life. So we had great jobs as far as the world was concerned. We, We had everything that the world had to offer but we we knew there had to be more and so we taught sunday school to young people just like these these kids sitting here not kids i'm sorry young ladies and young men but that was our that was our heart was was the young was the youth and so i would use i used to and i hate to even tell you this pastor but i would used to joke with our sunday school i would say when god calls me to hawaii i'll hear that call as far as missions were concerned i'm still waiting on that call but it has not came yet but anyway that was where our mindset was that was where that was the our thought pattern um so one sunday morning we went to we went to and taught sunday school just like every other sunday and when we came into the to the sanctuary, there was a, a missionary there that morning. He was preaching, and to be honest with you, I don't remember anything he said, and I hope that's not the case today. But he preached a sermon about missions, and um, the Spirit of God fell on us. And I'm not talking about just a little tingly in the back, you know, the hair staying up on, on your neck kind of feeling, but he, the God fell on us. And when the altar call was given, we were the first ones to the altar. And it didn't matter what people thought about their Sunday school teachers literally running to the altar, but we knew we had to get there. And so we knelt down at that altar one way, and when we raised up, we were different. And my wife and I have both come from a a long history of of drugs and alcohol addiction. and, 
and so we weren't raised in church but the day that god saved me was very radical for my wife also and when he saved us he delivered us from from drugs and alcohol and so when he called us that day it was just as radical when we stood up we were just as changed as as we were when we were saved so we got in the car and on the way home we realized as we talked that god had called us to the mission field so that in july we went to guatemala that was our first trip ever when i got off the plane i really thought there would be a a triple rainbow or or a marching band or some something but there wasn't but we still knew god had called us so when we came home for that mission trip we gave notice at our jobs and we began selling everything we owned and by the time we got down to the end we were giving away a lot of stuff because it's hard to after years and years of living in one spot and accumulating stuff it's and it's hard to get rid of stuff because what you think is valuable other people you can't hardly give it away so we sold our home our horses our our car our vehicles and on december 31st of that same year we got on a plane for san jose costa rica we went down there to learn the language uh, and shortly after we got there we, we were introduced to dan and brenda clowers who are um, iphc missionaries for 32 years i think and they literally took us under their wing and helped us to get where we are today so we we owe them a lot um we had never heard of iphc we never heard of world missions when we went to the field we were just we stepped out in complete faith knowing that god had called us and so again remember as you hear our story as you see the video as as you get to know us just keep in mind that not the sacrifice but the obedience in god's call so kimberly Good morning, everyone. We are excited to be here, and Beverly, it is so good to see you again. We we fell in love with Beverly back in January of 2018, I think it was, when she came down to Costa Rica. Missions is fun. We had an awesome time. When you're working for the Lord, it can be fun. So we definitely had um, a great time with the Jacobs and with Beverly traveling throughout Costa Rica and ministering in churches. Jeff and I, you'll see in the video, um, we work with teens. That's a big part of the ministry of what we do. We work with teens coming from the United States. They may be doing a leadership conference. They may be evangelizing. Um, I'm a nurse, as Jeff mentioned, so it could be medical clinics, could be construction. Jeff works with building churches and Sunday school rooms, sometimes rehabbing churches. So that is a big part of what we do. It has been quite a journey, um, just looking back and seeing how, you know, Jeff and I, we just really, <laughs> Lord help them, <laughs> maybe we should pray. <laughs> um, Jeff and I really, we weren't mission-minded people, and I think that is a sad testimony as a Christian, not really understanding the impact of the Great Commission or and we do hear this a lot, and I'm going to say this here, which I don't say in a lot of places, but I'll say it here because we realize that you all are a mission-minded church, so it makes a difference. But, you know, a lot of times we'll hear, well, we're doing missions. You know, we're, we're doing missions right here in our own community. Everybody should be working in their own community. But that, that's outreach. 
we should be doing in our own community. We should, first of all, in our home, our own community, and then as well as internationally trying to reach to other nations. So it's exciting for us when we come to a church. Regardless, it, for us, it's not important how many people are here. Uh, to be honest with you, we see a lot more mission-minded churches in the small churches than we do in the big churches. Jeff and I were talking about that on the way here, and just because because of what we do and because we are raising our support to go back to the field, we have visited a lot of churches, and the little country churches, they are the mission-minded churches. That's been, at least that has been our, our um, experience. God is good. All the time. All the time. So we've had the opportunity to be a part of 19 missions since God called us in 2016 in six different countries, all in Central America. Um, I will say that Jeff's favorite part is playing with the kids. He always makes it a point to try to involve the kids, the children, the teenagers that are around. And in missions, sometimes we get so focused on building the church or passing out vitamins or antibiotics or whatever it is that we try to encourage the teams to realize that this is about the relationship. Everything is relational with God. And so even in missions, especially, it is about building relationships with the people that we have come to serve. So we thank God for those opportunities. In addition to doing teams, we also, God has blessed us to allow us to be a part of a project called Amor Sin Fronteras. And that is, um, y'all saw um, the, the logo and it said Raising Up Missionaries. That is a project to raise up missionaries in Latin America. And so we were able to launch this back in 2000, um, 2019 in July. We took with us seven Costa Ricans on their very first mission trip. Those were the people on the plane that were going like this because they raised and worked so hard. They raised their own funds to be able to go on this mission trip. Their plane costs, all their ground costs, their hotel, their food, everything. There was no free ride, there was no handout. This was a hand up saying, hey, we're gonna give you an opportunity to work with a team from the United States to do a medical mission. And that's what they did. This small little church in Costa Rica, IPHC actually has over 70 churches already established in Costa Rica, but this is one little church that God, God chose and they sent seven missionaries, seven people out to do a short-term mission trip. So they were super excited. One of the, lots of amazing things happened, but one of the things that really impacted me was um, one of the young ladies that were in, was in the picture. She said, towards the end of the trip, she said, we can do this. And we're like, exactly, you guys can do this. Costa Rica can transition from a receiving nation, not that they won't continue to receive. I believe everywhere in the world, especially the United States, needs to receive missionaries. Costa Rica still needs to receive missionaries and they still need help, but they can also send out missionaries. So for us to have the privilege to be able to be a part of that is super exciting. We are grateful for that opportunity. And y'all please pray for us because that project is so, so much bigger than us. So we need a lot of prayer in that area. When we get back to Costa Rica, one of the things that is, is in the plan for us is to travel to more of the existing churches in Costa Rica and talk to them about the Great Commission and talk to them about what we, I guess, just didn't realize. I don't even know how to explain it. It's just, it's, a, it's pitiful. But 
it, but talking to them and encouraging them that every single Christian, and I'm talking as an individual, every single Christian has a responsibility to be a part of the Great Commission. And there's two ways to do it. You can go, like Jeff and I, we went, and I'm not talking about short-term missions. Short-term missions are very important, but they shouldn't replace long-term missionaries on the field building the relationships. So you can go, and if you can't go, which a lot of people are not going to be in that situation, and it wouldn't make sense for everyone to go. So God made provision for the people who can't go, and just like you said, Pastor, that's the people who send. And so how do we send? We send through prayer. Every Christian can pray. And we send through our finances. And that's why Jeff and I are here today is because we need to build monthly, faithful monthly financial support in order for us to be able to go back to the field and sustain ourselves on the field. We don't have jobs, secular jobs. We gave those up and we're not allowed to work in Costa Rica. They won't give us workers visas. Interestingly enough, they think it's important to employ their own people first. So that's enough on that one. But um, I think it's a great concept. <laughs> For me personally, the, the hardest part about being a missionary is having to stand in front of a group of people and say, we need your help. Um, but that's just the way it is. Before we came back to the, to the States, I, I knew I was going to be preaching a lot. And <clears throat> I asked God, I said, God, I just really want a word. Um, I, don't, I didn't want to try to wow you with my Spanish because that wouldn't take very long. You would see how bad my Spanish is. But but I wanted a word for the church, the today church, the end time church. And so uh, God began dealing with me about <clears throat> my upbringing. I'm a fourth-generation farmer. My great-grandpa was a farmer. My grandpa was a farmer. My dad's a farmer. And I was a farmer growing up. So I, I, I understood the concept of seed time and harvest. So God took me to, to a passage of Scripture, <clears throat> and I want to share that with you this morning. It's a very familiar parable. It's in Mark, the book of Mark, chapter 4. And I'm going to start reading in verse 3. Mark, chapter 4, verse 3. My wife always says, you don't give them enough time to find it. So, Mark chapter 4, vor. Is vor a word? 4, chapter 4, verse 3. The Bible says, Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. And it came to pass, as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the earth came and devoured it up. And some fell on stony ground, where it had not much earth, and immediately it sprang up, because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. And other fell on good ground, and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased, and brought forth some thirty, some sixty, and some a hundred. Verse 14 says, the sower soweth the word. Remember that. The sower soweth the word. So let's pray this morning. <clears throat> Lord, we thank you for another opportunity to come and just worship you, Lord, to give you our time this morning, Lord. We ask that you would just have your way in this service, Lord. I ask that you would help me to get out of the way. I must decrease, Lord, so that you can increase. 
So, Lord, let your words come forth like, like you have planned, like you see fit. Let every ear hear what you have to say this morning, Lord. Lord, I bind up any hindering spirits that yes. may be here, Lord, that yes. may try to disrupt this service, Lord. Have your way, Lord, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. <clears throat> Verse 14 is, is very key to this, to this sermon. And what I have in this in the bag this morning, if your curiosity's not up, hopefully it is now. <clears throat> I didn't bring my snakes this morning. It's a, it's a little cold, so I left them at home. I don't have them with me. <laughs> the Baptists always get real nervous when I pick up the bag. Oh, what's he going to pull out of there? <clears throat> but anyway, what I have in this bag is very, very important to the Lord. Very important. And I, I'm going to apologize for my phone, by the way. My wife bought me a little a little card that I put in my wallet, and it's got a button that you push, and it finds your phone, or the phone finds your wallet. Either way, so when I put it in my pocket, I must have sat on it, and it found my phone. So I apologize for that. But anyway, in this bag, <clears throat> I have a sewer. Amen? So when we accept Christ into our lives, we become a sower. So you can take this right here and, and put your name on it. And I really need to take that out and put my name on it so people would understand. We become the sower, just like in verse 14. And this, the Bible says, the sower soweth the word. So when you sow, you're turning the crank. That's if, if we're on live TV, that's that's the message, or that's the the name of my sermon is Turn the Crank. So we have to turn the crank when we have the opportunity. And why? Because someone's eternity is at stake, right. whether you turn that crank or not. And that's a pretty sobering thought, amen? amen? Sometimes we don't feel like coming to church, and a lot of times we don't feel like turning that crank. And turning that crank is not just in church. It's outside of these four walls. Right. Amen. It's spreading God's word outside of these four walls by turning the crank. I understand sometimes we get discouraged because we see no fruit. And Paul, get, Paul understood that too in Galatians. He says, and let us not grow weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. So we have to turn the crank. We have to sow no matter how we feel, no matter what we're going through. In the Genesis it says, it says this, While the earth remaineth, while the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, heat, cold, summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. So as long as we're sucking air, as long as we're alive, seed time and harvest is going to exist. That's right. Amen? That's right. There's been many people that have gone before us and sowed seeds. And there's going to be people that come after us that need to harvest the seeds that we sow. Amen? Right. I remember when I was growing up, <clears throat> my little grandma was, she was about four foot twelve. She was real, a little, just a little old lady from the hills of Kentucky, straight out of the hills of Kentucky. 
And she got her PhD at a very early age. You know what a PhD is, right, Pastor? A Pentecostal hairdo. So when them little old ladies would get to praying and then bobby pins would start flying, you know there's reach in heaven. Amen? They knew how to pray. They knew how to turn the crank. They knew how to sow seed. So my grandma sowed seeds into my life. Even though I was a drug addict, even though I was an alcoholic, even though I was living in the world, she still turned the crank into my life and sowed seeds. The Bible tells us there's four different kinds of soil. I was the rocky ground for many, many years, but she still turned the crank. The Bible doesn't tell us that the, the sower just sows on, on fertile ground. We're to sow everywhere. Amen? Amen. I heard a preacher say one time that according to that passage of scripture, there's only 25% return. I have a problem with that. Isaiah 55 says, God says, my word will not return unto me void. Amen. So that seed that's being sown is not going to return without a harvest. So my grandma would sow seed into my life regardless of what she saw, regardless of how she felt. I have a first cousin that my grandma led to the Lord at an early age. She was 11 years old. She got saved, lived a clean life, became a missionary. She just re retired from Argentina. They were missionaries for 32 years. And that's actually how come we went to Costa Rica because they told us, learn the language before you go. So my grandma sowed into fertile ground. She saw results very early. She saw fruit very early, but she still sowed into the fertile ground and she still sowed into the rocky ground. Now my grandma died and never saw me saved. She went to be with the Lord and never saw me teach Sunday school. She never saw me become a missionary, but she still sowed the seed. Now one day that little seed found a crack in that hard, hard rock and got in there you know how seeds will do and got in there and, and germinated and became fruit <clears throat> but she never saw that but she still sowed anyway no matter what she saw amen, amen. <clears throat> when we sow seed church it's a win-win situation for us because amen. we're sowing God's word amen the Bible tells us that he provides seed for the sower. He provides seed for the sower. I want you to visualize this. The Bible tells us what we're sowing. We're sowing God's word. Amen. So when we put this word into us and begin to turn that crank and to sow God's seed, things happen things happen. People get saved. People get delivered because of the seed that is sown. There's a little dial on here. It goes one to five and some of us are on one just to keep it real and some of us are on five. I want to be on a five. I want to be, I want the, I want it to be wide open when I turn that crank. I want that seed to be flying. <clears throat> I think about a, a story of a missionary couple named uh, David and Savea Flood. Have anybody heard of David and Savea Flood? 
Amen. Well, we're going to uh, cut it off there for today because I want you to hear the entire story of David and Sevilla Flood. A very fascinating story. And we'll share that with you, or actually, uh, Brother Jeff will share that with you on the next episode. Uh, fascinating and powerful, impacting story uh, that Jeff uh, Oder will share with us on the next episode. remind you that if you listen to the podcast on anchor.fm we have a voice messaging system that you can leave comments or questions right from your device your computer tablet your phone uh, what have you and we encourage you to leave a message your message could actually end up on a future episode uh, as a matter of fact depending on your particular message uh, it could even be the uh, catalyst uh, for a future episode. And so we encourage you uh, to leave a message on the messaging um, uh, system uh, at anchor.fm. Now, don't leave any unkind or, or um, well, you may be dis- it may be a message of disagreement, that's fine, but don't leave any ugly messages. In other words, no foul language, things like that, because I can promise you that won't be aired, of course, and, and uh, we won't even pay attention. We will automatically delete it. But, um, of course, most of you who respond are very kind, very gracious. But um, if you have any kind of question, uh, just use the messaging system. Again, that's at anchor.fm and uh, the Voice of the Spirit podcast. Uh, we encourage you to do that. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, if you'd like to email us, you can do so at calltolifefwc at gmail.com. That's call to life, the acronym for Family Worship Center. Call to life FWC at gmail.com. Or look for us on Facebook. Uh, at, you go to facebook.com forward slash call to life forward slash. Um, look for us there. Follow us on Twitter at Pastor CTL. That's at Pastor, the at symbol, of course, at Pastor CTL. So until next time, this is Pastor Mike from the Voice of the Spirit podcast reminding you it's all about Christ and His kingdom. Mm-hmm.